1: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
0: you're listening to queers a podcast about politics and culture with simon copland and benjamin riley I'm just saying some things, you know, just talking.
1: Me too, now I'm just talking as well, saying some things, more things. It's good quality content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder we're so popular. It's the 25th of January, 2017. I'm Simon Copland. And I'm
0: Benjamin Riley.
1: Welcome to Queers. Each episode we talk our way through questions on a theme. and this week we're talking about homophobia.
0: So before we started, before we get into the topic, I just wanted to like tell a strange um, and kind of quite lovely story that I had about uh, a listener. It's kind of gotten to the point I don't know if, if this is true for you as well, Simon, but like I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for a year now. Uh, we don't really do much in the way of kind of marketing the podcast or, or actively um, uh, getting people to listen other than through our our personal networks and our friends. But it's I'm really starting recently to like get feedback from people who I don't know, <laughs> which is really which is really cool. Um, I was looking at the the kind of you know where people listen to our podcast the other day, and they're like we we really get people listening from all over the world, which is which is really um, quite amazing. There's you know people from uh, from Europe, from from North America, from like people from Africa, from Asia, um, and that, I, I, well, I, found I haven't that really... seen those stats. Yeah, well, I have to. I'll have to show you. It, it was it was genuinely really cool. So I, um, uh, a friend, uh, a friend of mine uh, was was visiting from the UK recently, and she told me that she put uh, a, a friend, a friend of hers, a, a gay guy she knows over there, onto the podcast, and. Um, he's gotten really into it. So, you know, I, I, I've never met this dude. Um, and so she asked me to like record a, a greeting to him to say hello, which is obviously <laughs> like the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life. Um, so, you know, hopefully he's listening to this and I've momentarily forgotten his name. So God, I'm an asshole. Um, But it was...
1: (laughs) Oh, the story was so good up until that point. I
0: know, I know, I know. I really, I've really wrecked it. Um, But anyway, it was just this kind of like lovely experience and and as awkward as it was, really kind of cool to know that people are listening to us from uh, uh, not only people we don't know, but but people from, uh, from all over the world.
1: Yeah, that's really, really cool. I like to hear that. Hmm.
0: So um awesome. so thank you to everyone who's listening to the show and and to people who continue to leave lovely reviews for us on iTunes if you haven't um I mean just do it just do it right now just pause the podcast and and do it.
1: Yeah and 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 I really I've had a couple of bits of feedback every now and then and it's I really do appreciate it. It sort of keeps me motivated to keep going. It makes me i don't know realize that we're not just speaking into a void, which is uh often how it feels, yeah, um, so it's nice it's nice not to be feeling like that it is nice uh
0: so to to get back into the the topic, I've been thinking about this a bit over the past few months uh, about kind of homophobia as a, broadly as an idea, particularly since the u s election last year, and now it's been um almost a week since uh donald trump's uh, inauguration as u s president. And since then, particularly, community conversations have flared up about a need to stand against homophobia, among other bigotries, from Trump's administration.
1: And homophobia is often explicitly a starting point for political action by K-communities. And yet, we often tie the idea of homophobia to recognisable acts of bigotry, like verbal or physical abuse, uh, abuse, that many of us rarely experience. And so we were thinking, is homophobia a useful framework for political action, or do we need more complex ways of talking about homophobia?
0: It's important to say here too, because this has come up before, that given the amount we'll probably be drawing on our own experiences in this discussion, we don't want to even imply any universal implications for all queer people.
1: Yeah, and in doing so, we've limited the language we're using to frame the discussion to uh, gay um, and homophobia, rather than talking about, for example, biphobia or transphobia, um, though these um, topics may come up today. Um, That's not because we want to erase those experiences, um, but largely because we don't want to accidentally come across as speaking to experiences that neither of us have had.
0: So I thought a good place to start would be to reflect on our own experiences of homophobia. Um, Simon, can you think about instances in the past, maybe significant instances, or even in your day-to-day life where you do face homophobia?
1: Um, I think that's a really interesting question because uh, I guess despite the amount of time that I spend thinking and talking about um, issues related to homophobia and queerness, the answer is largely no. Um, I faced a, a pretty welcoming situation uh, when I came out and with my friendship circle uh, and continue to face that today. Uh, and so on a day-to-day level, I don't actually face significant amount of homoph- homophobia, if at all, um, at least not that I can recognize. I can think of one real instance where that that occurred and one that had a a major impact on me uh and that was when i did come out when i was uh, 16 or 17 i had one friend who uh, was a very very good friend of me at the of mine at the time who um who didn't react particularly well uh so it was only one out of all of my friends uh but he he was quite a, a religious person uh and sort of um sort of didn't didn't reject me entirely but just sort of uh, said basically that he thought because of because of being gay that I would go to hell and and the, and, the, and that kind of stuff and that really affected our relationship uh, it's it's a relationship that we've since patched up and he's since apologized for those for those comments um, and and I've accepted that apology and we've and we've moved on but but since you know since then I can't really name that sort of personal stuff that's you know that's you know we can talk about maybe later about the sort of the the donald trump's and the the big you know the bigger experiences but that sort Mm. of personalized homophobia no i can't particularly name something that you know that i can really point to that says you know that's that's an experience of homophobia targeted towards me how about you ben
0: yeah i mean you know my my experience is is similar um which which i think is is really what was the starting point for me of wanting to talk about this um so i i mean I, you know there are some instances i like i i absolutely you know i grew up in a in a country town in victoria and i can absolutely remember um you know homophobic like verbal abuse being directed towards me at in high school even though I, like i wasn't out like it kind of was just a, like a default way of bullying sort of kids who maybe weren't um who who were a bit more effeminate, I suppose. Uh, mm. Yeah, I guess like since then, I mean, there were a few. I remember um, a few years ago walking uh, walking down a, a street in Melbourne with um, uh, my then partner, um, and and a, a woman yelled faggots at us. Um, but I. And you know it was a bit confronting at the time, but but it was also you know she was she was um, she clearly seemed to be sort of experiencing some sort of mental illness, and um, you know didn't seem to be in a good way. So I, I didn't really take much away from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But funnily enough, I had an experience very recently where where I was uh, just a couple of months ago was walking through the CBD in Melbourne, and like a teenage. Um, boy who was walking with a, a teenage girl like said <laughs> said to me your socks make you look gay but like yelled it at me in a way that I was um you know I, do, I don't know how I was supposed to respond to that like
1: that, that's you know. that's an interesting thing to so- decide to say to <laughs> yeah say.
0: totally and I, like I guess I guess it was a homophobic insult um and like I didn't say anything. I was just kind of so surprised and and was confused, I guess, that I, I didn't say anything in response. And then afterwards, I was just like, ah, oh, I thought of like a really kind of sexually explicit comeback that I could have made um, <laughs> that, I, that I won't repeat because it's probably a bit gross. Uh, but, you know, yeah. other than that, yeah, I, I can't think of many instances. I mean, and something that I think that we'll get into uh, maybe a bit later is that I, I, I have reflected on homo- my experiences of homophobia a lot in ways that, that don't look like, that, that don't look like these sorts of really recognisable instances, and so, you know, I I would absolutely say that I do experience homophobia on a daily basis, um, but that it it maybe can't be tied to these sorts of um, recognisable, symbolic incidents that we would describe as homophobic.
1: Yeah, I think that's potentially interesting, and maybe you said that's something... We can get into later, but maybe that's something we want to get into now. Sure, I sure. I suppose um, the,
0: the the something I, I just wanted to touch on before then is because I I was thinking about so the what kind of got me thinking about this whole topic was I, I was at a um I was at a gig, uh, and there were the the musicians were talking about Donald Trump and and um one of the musicians who's who's a friend of mine told a story about being sitting next to like a, a, a straight couple who were uh making out on a bus and um feeling kind of really uncomfortable because he felt like he couldn't do the same thing if he was there with a with a partner and that was sort of somehow tied to 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 donald trump and i guess the kind of implied sort of i don't know archetypal bigotry that we associate with him Mm -hmm. Uh, and i was just kind of standing there in the audience and going like just having feeling like i had very little emotional connection to it like like when people talk about um Donald Trump as this sort of uber bigot um not being able to connect that to my own experiences of, of homophobia.
1: Yeah. And w- was the sort of the implication that, you know, um because Donald Trump exists and is now president that that those 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 experiences of homophobia are gonna be more more common or I get, you know, I people guess are going to feel was was his implication, their their implication that that they that because of Donald Trump they feel incre- you know increasingly uncomfortable about about those sorts of expressions yeah, I, of
0: I guess so I um I feel like that connection is is sometimes not even explicitly made but you know that that yeah, somehow yeah. in you know invoking him is like this um this like to recognise that everything's worse now yeah um, yeah uh, so I, I suppose it was a bit more sort of nebulous than that.
1: But it's interesting, I guess, that that um, that idea that everything's worse now because of him, and that that somehow there's like a almost a trickle down homophobia um, that occurs. Mm. And I mm. think that that uh, you know that okay, so Donald Trump says these things, and you know then he then that means that we are, we're, we're all suddenly living in a less safe space, yes, um, a less safe world in terms of that sort of uh, interpersonal homophobic experiences that may occur and and I th- probably I think I probably agree with you in that I, I don't connect emotionally with that at all um, and I, I myself and and again I think we should just re- reinforce that this is not trying to connect to other people's experiences but of course, I myself of course. don't have never have not experienced that or have not witnessed that um, uh, and and don't fear that in in any ways that Donald Trump is sub- 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 somehow suddenly going to mean that uh, that uh, that I'm going to be facing abuse walking down the streets if I hold my partner's hand or mm. or or kiss on a bus or anything like that. And I, I've I've not felt that at all, and and I don't feel that you know I, I live in Canberra, which is quite a progressive place, but I don't think I'd feel that in other places either. Um, at least at least not places I would tend to go to um but uh, yeah so i don't have that emotional connection either it's interesting
0: yeah it's it's funny cuz you know and it, you know again i would just absolutely reiterate that 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 is like clearly a lot of people have had that experience because th- there's been mm. there have been a lot of um i don't know reports of of that sort of thing happening and and i would absolutely acknowledge that um probably both of our protection from that is a function of privilege or all, all sorts of privilege um, you know, being that we're, you know, live in progressive sort of fairly wealthy areas. We're both white, yep. um, we're both male. And I think also very importantly, we're both, um, uh, neither of us is particularly effeminate, um, which I think probably plays into it as well. So, I mean, it, 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 I, I wondered too whether, I was kind of thinking about this this question of like the encounters with homophobia on a day-to-day basis, um, and and what the responses may be from from people I know who who are really sort of um, at least appear to me to be much more in- emotionally invested in this stuff. And I was I was just keep thinking about like marriage equality, you know, that I think yep. for a lot of people that's a really recognisable, um, uh, I guess, experience of homophobic discrimination that is very concrete and that people feel like they. Are faced with on a on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah and i think that that for me that that leads into the question uh, and maybe it's partly one of the uh, partly a defining question of this podcast but uh, of this this episode and but i think it's a really interesting question in, in and of itself in terms of what is homophobia or what what are we talking about when we actually say mm. the term homophobia because as we said in the introduction we equate it largely with the sort of physical or verbal abuse um you know homophobia in the streets kind of stuff, but this sort of um government based homophobia all that sort of um more silent i guess homophobia the 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 kinds of things which is not right in your face um but might be behind your back or sort of some sort of um, being denied access to particular things or just sort of not being as as much a part of a community, for example, or part of a workplace because of your sexuality or even things like the process of having to come out, um, for example, or have people yes, ask you yes. questions about your sexuality. is Are they forms of homophobia or, or, or what does that mean and and, and how does that work with in terms of a... In terms of people's personal experiences, but also in terms of you know sort of a political a political resistance or a political programme and you know and how we shape these ideas. Um because they're different things in many ways. The 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 experience of, of of being you know have something someone for example screaming faggot at you while you're walking down the street or the experience of being bashed because of your sexuality um is different to that sort of um uh, the sort of it's it's not it's not like a I don't I don't want to call it like a a less intense but it's 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 a different sort of discrimination mm. um, there of you know the the process of having to come out and being asked questions and the you know the they're not being involved in they're not bound to get married or or even the you know the you know that the, you know that kind of stuff where you see a lot of people who are really invo- emotionally and i see this increasingly emotionally invested in in going to straight weddings, and i see lots of articles about this recently, where are going to the straight weddings and feeling the homophobia of not being able to participate, that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. They're very different sorts of things, and it's hard, It's interesting using homophobia as a framework for those very different things can, I think, have its issues, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think for me, uh, th- the diversity of experiences that you've just described really points to why I um, I don't like for example, and I would say this is true across the board, like not just of homophobia, but of really any kind of, um, you know, quote unquote bigotry. And this is something we've, mm-hmm. we have talked about on a, of a previous podcast. On a previous podcast, I, I I prefer not to kind of locate that in people, um, you know, to kind of think of homophobia as, for example, a trait that a person has. Mm-hmm. And I think almost what this conversation is pointing me to is that maybe I, I'm seeing even the limits of Talking about homophobia in terms of acts, um, and that uh, you know, I, I talked about feeling like, despite not having experienced a, a lot of, um, not experiencing a lot of this stuff on a day-to-day basis, feeling like I, I face homophobia. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I almost prefer to think of it as a, um, I don't know, like it, like something much more diffuse, like a, like a sort of, like a, like a social idea or like mm. a a kind of discursive uh feature um that operates you know throughout society and affects different people and and manifests in all sorts of different ways and that we can still um think about as a cohesive whole but you know allows us maybe more um uh, analytical leeway than saying homophobia looks like this or homophobia is... a homophobic person is this.
1: Does that make sense? It does. I was just thinking about um, uh, an experience I had, which is not really a homophobic experience, but it's... Uh, so, I also um at Polly, I'm dating two people. Um, and, I mean, I think more than coming out as gay, that has caused some issues... Um, and I remember just last year, actually, having a chat with a friend of mine about um, uh, having a uh, an engagement with uh, sorry a, a social event with a family member where both my partners were going to be there, and and being concerned about how that was going to play out, and.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Saying um, to this friend, I said, you know, I think it will be fine. Like it will, you know, it won't be great but it'll be okay that kind of you know that this event will be okay you know we'll get through it and that will be fine you know and but you know and then the, you know, i was like i guess that's okay and my and my friend said something like you know well this is you know this is what queer people face all the time is that it the it's the yes things might be okay but that doesn't mean they're good you sort mm. of go around with that sort of experience of always being the the odd one out or always being the one has to has to explain yourself or always being the one that um that uh, it's it's you know where things are just okay and 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 it's not you know and and nobody else has to deal with that or you know i think people do in different other sorts of circumstances but you know in terms of you know sexuality nobody else really has to deal with that and that wasn't explicit forms of homophobia for me um, or you know if it, if it was a similar situation, it wasn't like that explicit, you know being um bashed or 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 having abuse yelled at me or being ostracized even um it's not that it's but it's their the level of sort of. Um, just it just being there that sort of it just you know it's I I would say it's systematic sort of sort of homophobia is the kind of language that I would use but it's that personal you know that at a personal level it's the the experience of that just knowing that that things are different and not quite right but it's all to do with Mm. you Um, and even if it's not spoken necessarily it's just there um, and that I think is the different kind of I don't know for me that's an experience of a different kind of, of, of homophobia of of some form.
0: Sure, I mean I I, I suppose I, I would be um, I would be reluctant to call it a different kind because yeah, I like maybe. I feel like it's 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 uh, it, like it's very much I think related to those more sort of explicit um, mm, mm. instances that that we might imagine. Uh, and the lot that a lot of people experience uh, you know i would I would want to call it something like I don't know like a, a different manifestation of the same phenomenon um you know and that like what intre- what interested me about what you were saying is that you didn't at any point talk about um explicit signals that you might receive from People at this event or or that you had received prior to this event that would indicate to you that it might not be okay and so I'm sort of interested in the the like the relation like at what point we internalize things like homophobia or or any sort of bigotry and and I guess yeah I don't know the what the implications are of that
1: yeah, I guess that's the interesting part. Like uh, going back to this conversation I had with my friend about this, about about homophobia sort of just always being there, or people, queer people just walking around with it. I guess um, is that there is that. I guess there, you know, internalized homophobia is a term that's that's used quite often, mm. but I think it's often used in a in a way of like um, talking about the the gay conservative who yes, yes. hates, you know, hates 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 himself clearly, yes, you know, or hates themselves uh and but i think it's i think it's more than that uh, maybe it's not internalized homophobia in the sense but it's an internalized sense of of being um lesser or being different or uh or, or 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 even just the fear i think this is something it's just the fear that the next person you tell will be the person who has the problem and that's something that I recognise in myself, particularly less so with being gay, um, but more so with being with my with being in two relationships. Mm. The fear that uh, okay, I tell you know I've told my, all of my good friends, and my family know, um, and they're fine. But that you know that next work encounter I have when I start that new job, I'll tell someone that I'm I'm dating two people or that I'm gay, and that that next encounter will be the the, the one that causes the problem. Mm. Um, and so it's not. It's it's like a it's like a continued fear almost that you that 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 you can walk around with that 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 next thing and for me it's not so much again it's not about that street based violence I'm not fear fearful that I walk down the city centre holding hands with my partner or with my partners or that I will you know kiss on a bus or anything like that and fa- fear that it's that interpersonal that, you know, not even that I'll get abused, but that that person just, you know, just won't be okay and and that it'll be awkward and difficult. And, but also in some ways that, that the bigger problem is also that when, when those sorts of, you know, nobody I know would accept, you know, would accept uh, someone uh, abusing someone on the street. You know, if anybody mm. I knew would accept, would, would no one would accept that. But to those sorts of quieter forms of, of, of uncomfortableness, people are more willing to accept. You know, when someone in the family or the friends is that, you know, that sort of awkward about it or uncomfortable or wants wants explanations or demands those sorts of things. It's more it's more accepting than people are more accepted full of that more willing to forgive it or more willing to say, Oh no, they just have to let them give them time, you know, all that kind of stuff mm. than than if, you know, if someone walking down the street um, screaming abuse and I think that's where there is a difference in these sorts of forms of homophobia and that one our society continues to accept largely to an extent you know I think that in places like Australia in you know in the places that we live um, if you were to walk down this you know central Melbourne or central Canberra or central Sydney and someone started screaming homophobic abuse I don't think many people around that would accept it, but at that interpersonal family level I think it continues, to be accepted in, a, in an interesting kind of way. Mm.
0: I think part of the challenge with that also is that it becomes difficult to confront when you don't you don't need to... You know, a, a structure... An idea like homophobia doesn't need much fuel to kind of keep alive um, mm. in terms of, like, for example, your, your fear of, of something happening. Um, and so, you know, even if you only have one or two encounters like that you know it it, once it becomes internalized and 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 once you kind of uh are fearing things regardless of whether or not they're going to be there i mean it's 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 sort of impossible for the people around you to confront that and to support you to overcome that because you can't you can't see it Mm. um and i you know which which to me raises questions around you know what might community responses look like to the sorts of I, I just keep coming back to this idea of internalized homophobia and I, I really I really like it and I I, I was um, curious, interested in what you I mean I don't like internalised homophobia. I love, I love internalised homophobia yeah, it's great. It's so great. It's it's fun. <laughs> um but I, I'm really glad that you said that thing about conservative politicians as well because I I you know, when I said that I don't like locating bigotry in particular people, that's part of the reason because I think that um, by saying that the only people who have internalised homophobia are these, like, you know, conservative uh, gay guys, for example, it gives us... It kind of makes it much harder for us to think about our own potential internalised homophobia, Mm -hmm. which I would really kind of struggle to think... um, I mean, it's so... Homophobia is, is... or, or, let's say, um, heteronormativity—you know—that that kind of um, that great word is so pervasive that um, it's really hard for me to imagine that that most gay people haven't internalized at least some of that. Um, and when you're when you're dealing with this stuff that is so, uh, you know, doesn't maybe often have really concrete manifestations in day-to-day life i mean how can you yeah again how can we as a community deal with that when it when it feels so um abstract even or or invisible
1: this is a good question (laughs) Uh, and 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 i don't know but i think i mean there's oh it's it's i mean it's such a as long as I get, I think that as long as homophobia exists in the world, in terms of in a systematic kind of way, I think that there's always going to be the potential that you'll have individual experiences of homophobia, um, at least in the near future. But as, I think that, and that's you know, even though it's a false separation, I think that's where there's the, the sep- potential separation between the sort of the systematic structures that are that are homophobic and the potential individual um, experiences of that. One, I think. Has a greater cause it causes the other a lot more than the other way around, and that I think sure. the systems systems impact those individual experiences. But so just as long as we have that systematics um, a, a system based on homophobia. And when, think, when you
0: say when you say a system, are you are you talking about? Because I feel like when you yeah, know, when sorry, you say that's... that, I, th- I think about like kind of institutionalized discrimination in terms of like government and things like that. But do you mean like yeah. an ideological? I mean system? both okay sure they're almost like slightly different things oh it's it's almost like this kind of three tiered thing you know where like like heteronormativity uh is this sort of ideological structure that all of society operates under that feeds into sort of institutional discrimination through things like Mm. law and and access to services and things like that and then that in turn feeds into like the production of Homophobic
1: violence, for example. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy with that sort of framework. Sure. So yeah, so when I was thinking about systematic, I was thinking about it in that sort of the to- those top two tiers mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. the um the ideological the the idea the the ideological system and the material system, uh, which sort of feed off each other. So the material material oppression and ideological understanding, uh, which I think is are, are the forces behind individual experiences of oppression, and and I think that's where. You know i agree with you on the the not having the, the the idea of of the not locating homophobia individual in the individual like that sort of that person is a homophobe kind of thing because it's that is you know people aren't born a homophobe you know you don't sure it doesn't sure. it doesn't occur in some sort of weird um uh some sort of weird vacuum it occurs within a within a system of homophobia and occurs within a background of of those experiences um and now I've lost where we were going with this. Yes, yeah, um, we got caught up fault. in the systems, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, that's all right. But we, oh, uh, what,
0: I think, we would go like, what would a community response? Oh, look yeah, like? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think um, it's going to be really difficult in terms of actually, like, you know, if we were to live in the ideal world where we where people queer people don't have internalized homophobia, from my view, it's really difficult as long as those that those structures of homophobia. Of, of homophobia continue to exist. So those systems, in terms of the ideological narrative and the the, the structural system, uh, the physical material governments, laws, economic disadvantage, that kind of stuff. Um, so so I think you know the first one is to try and break down those those systems of homophobia. In the you know that's a long term project that I think we would probably both agree with. Uh, mm. You know, sure. Um, but the I guess the the short term, I you know it's it's hard, but you know, I think um, there's a value in in a, you know, and we can have discussions about what this means, but in a in a quote-unquote queer community that is able to reinforce strength within ourselves hmm. um, and able that a community or, or whatever you want to call it, I guess, um, that is able not just to provide support when people face homophobic attacks or when people are struggling uh with with systematic homophobia or when people are dealing with that kind of stuff but is actually able to to build up strength in terms of um, focusing on positives rather than always just reacting to the rather than being reactionary to the negatives um and so that's one that celebrates people rather than just responds to the negative attacks and i and i fear that um in recent years in particular, in particular particularly last year that we've become that this you know this queer community has become very reactionary to, to attacks rather than focusing on our own our own strength um, and mm, sort and of that def- defensive me. you know yeah defensive is a good term for it um, whereas I, yeah I'd rather us to you know I think the one that can can get rid of sort of you know that can really work on things like internal xenophobia is one that is able to be more offensive I guess more on the offence and um, and but but also focuses in on itself, mm. not just focusing on on the legal reform. So it's like you've got to have that legal reform, you know, not just legal reform, legal and social reform as the big picture stuff that um, that we must continue to fight for. But part of the process of getting to that reform is being able to, I guess, almost you know, liberate our own liberate ourselves yes. through through a sense of community, um, and that means having some focus on ourselves as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, two two things kind of come to mind came to mind while you were talking. I think, um, you know, re- really what one of the, the the values of at least the potential of queer community, I think, can be um, is you know, if you think about heteronormativity, like one of the implications of it is that uh, gay people are other, you know, are, mm. are just by default sort of different from this ideological um, uh, norm. And so I think a, a gay community can be a really positive space for just like uh, like reinforcing selfhood, you know, yep, for kind yep. of creating a space where you are. I mean, normal is kind of a weird word to use, but you know, it sort of works. Like you're where you are um, not other, where you're you're not kind of abnormal in that even, in that space.
1: Sorry, sorry to cut. Or even like I think that's important, but or. Where your otherness is just celebrated as being a sure, good thing, sure, sure. You know, so you can say, yeah, we're other from the from those people over there, but that's fine because you know sometimes other is good. Mm. And I mean, I know that you mean other in that sort of. I guess I'm guessing you're picturing in that sort of bigger picture of like, he's normal and he's... yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think there's a there's value to that. Sorry, I cut you off. To, mm, no, 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 no.
0: I agree, um, and I guess the second thing, and it's it's interesting that you use the word liberation. Like, I, I was just kind of thinking about you know this, this sort of like. This tiered structure that we've just come up with, and and I, I was thinking about second wave feminism, and that like a, like a big a big part of um, the women's liberation movement uh, was uh do you know about consciousness raising groups? Mm-hmm. So you know this idea that uh, women would sort of get together and like uh, learn about feminism and, and learn about kind of the structural oppression of women, and that these were like sort of social gatherings that were explicitly about um liberating the self, I guess. Yep, yep. In a sort of community setting, in a space that was supported and and um uh and, and done you know together with other women. I don't actually know whether uh I don't know as much about it in terms of gay liberation. I, I imagine was. that it happened. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, I, I have read about that. Um it was, you know, the the early gay liberation movements, they they all there was like Splinter groups and more splinter groups, um, but there were some splinter groups that I know that focused on on that sort of reading texts and getting together as groups. And I, I think I think it was more it was quite a bit of a Marxist um, thread of the sure, liberation sure. movement that would uh, read things like Engels um, and Marx and that sort of material as a as a way of of learning and and um, and, and I and I agree with it in terms of liberating yourself as well.
0: And the, I suppose that speaks also to the like maybe the the falsity of of this sort of tiered um, imagining of homophobia in that mm, in that mm. it, it links very directly the experience of like a day to day experience with those kind of larger ideological structures, and that dismantling one is dismantling the
1: other in some yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know,
0: I, I, and I wonder whether that that kind of um, that's something that we could do better as a community. I mean maybe not exactly the same model but at least you know create safe spaces to be able to talk about this stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that that's valuable and I agree with you that it's something that we could do that uh, you know if if you, if you think about queer spaces these days they they often don't have that community that sense of community feeling in terms of you, you know, you know the, the stereotypical queer space you know bars are an amazing queer space and they have an amazing history but my experience with queer bars is often clubs that you go out to get really sloshed and sure, sure. Um, and try and pick up and if you don't pick up then you you know you, then you've failed at going to the queer bar but spaces where you can go and Chat to other queer people in a comfortable environment where you could talk about issues, where you could um, engage in that process, is are uh, different to that, and I think something that is often or largely missing, uh, and there is a value to those sorts of places that I think that that we're that we're missing at this point in time.
0: Uh, well, we should we should probably wrap it up there. We've kind of gone down a and interesting sort of tangent but I yeah feel like, yeah i feel like i one, got a lot out of that
1: <laughs> one that i that i wasn't expecting mm, no me either But th- that means i think we could probably cover this topic again yeah <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> all right well um thanks everybody for listening today um and we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks
0: in the meantime as always you can catch us on queers.potomatic.com, which has our whole uh our whole back catalog of episodes uh, or subscribe to us on itunes Uh, And of course, please leave us a review and rating, please, 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 which will help people find us. (laughs)
1: Um, And in the meantime, uh, you can find us online. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Simon Copland and also on Facebook at Simon Copland Writer.
0: Uh, I'm also uh, on Twitter uh, at Ben C. Riley.
1: And we'll see you all next time.